a Locked On Gophers postcast. We're diving in today. We're going to get right to it, jumping in right away. We're going to jump into this recap. And so what we have to talk to you first is this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. But Ron, we got to talk about this Gophers loss. Absolutely embarrassing. The Gophers drop it 49 to 30 in this one. And it's yep. hard to fathom words because things were falling apart in every phase of the game. I got to know your immediate thoughts. I know you're going to have a bunch of them. We'll we'll start with the game recap, and then we'll focus in on the defense, then the offense, and go on from there. But what are your immediate thoughts on this one? Uh, absolute BS. Like that that game to me, um, a team that's 2-7. and seven, You know, you got a 2-7 and seven team. You're traveling. Yeah, I get it. But it's Purdue that's 2-7. and seven. Uh, You got a coach in Ryan Walters who still is trying to figure out the identity of this team. There's just so much up in the air with this team and the Gophers to me, um, it it was it was just BS at, at some point. Like it just became, um, you know, there were some there were some good moments. I'm not gonna lie, the Chris Hoffman Bell touchdown going into halftime, 28 to 20. But then after that, they did nothing. They did nothing until the it, like towards the end of the game. Like there was three points scored basically in the second half. That last touchdown to me, that's just garbage time. That's just trying yeah. to make something happen. Um, I haven't looked at like the, the first half versus second half stats, but you look at Ethan Kalik man is throwing for 292, three touchdowns and no interceptions. People are going to try to put a bow on that and try to try to dress it up. Um, but, but I look at it as one of those things, like you can only put so much makeup on an ugly person, like they're still going to be ugly. And that's what that was. That performance to me, um, they, they had them confused. They were batting balls down. Uh, if that 292 comes in and it's 20, to to 20 like 20 to 28 all the way to the very end of the game and then the gophers have a chance to maybe win it's 23 28 and then they got that like Purdue's offense again it's not just the gophers offense the gophers defense as well gave up 49 points so it goes both ways like i can't just say it's all on the offense i can't say it's all on the deep this is a, a, a team effort of giving up 49 points to a purdue team uh and also i mean they did put 30 up on purdue but you gave up 49 and that's the problem Absolutely. And I want to stick with that. I want to keep on this defense a little bit and then we'll shift in the offense, but it's not just the 49 points. It's 604 yards. Yeah. How often do you see a team crack 600 yards on a defense, a defense that is supposedly touted as a strength every week. And, you know, we've right. had our blemishes. We saw it happen against Illinois, but against a two win Purdue team that has been struggling. Hudson card has been down in playing some of his worst football over the last few games. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, we make him look like the next Johnny Manziel Heisman winning trophy quarterback running out of sacks, spinning around, finding his guys coming across the field. That is not acceptable at any given stage for this Gophers team. So what is happening with this defense? Why does it feel like there are holes all over the place and how concerned should fans be? Yeah. And you know, and honestly, and I'm going to read, I'm going to tweet over again on top of my tweet. I tweeted uh, at some point in the second half, I said, man, the offense is letting the defense be on the field too long. But then when you actually look at the stats, time of possession, basically 29 minutes to 31 minutes. So it was pretty even interceptions, zero fumbles zero so there were no turnovers penalties the gophers actually won the penalty battle two to six you look at punts they both punted four times you look at total plays ran and for all the 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 the, the immature adults out there both teams 69 
Both teams had a 69. Uh, both teams, oh, 69 for those bingo players out there. But both teams ran 69 plays, fourth downs. Both teams were two for two. Third downs, both teams converted four. Now, the Gophers did have 14 third down opportunities to, uh, to, to produce 10. First downs, Gophers 21, Purdue 25. Now we're starting to see a little bit difference there. Here's where it really got crushed. Yards per play. Purdue averaged nine yards per they basically like they they basically averaged a first down for every play almost they basically put themselves one yard away from a first down in every play if you take the average uh the gophers on the other hand averaged 5.9 uh and then the rushing yards that's where it got nasty and just gross 353 yards given up on the ground and the gophers only rushed for 115 for a team that wants to run the ball and, and that's where they lost the game like the running game to me that's supposed to be like who's bigger, who's tougher. Now we know Purdue likes to spread them out, and they still like to run the ball um, because you you have an offensive coordinator that comes from the Texas Tech Mike Leach school of football. Throw, throw, throw the ball, throw it down the field, merrily, merrily, merrily. Mer but they didn't do that. They ran the ball down the Gophers' throats. Like, I mean, what they call him, a wide back and Tracy Jr., uh, you know, the transfer from Iowa. We can't, you know, former receiver, now Debo Samuels type role where he's playing running back, but every once in a while they'll throw it to him. You, you've got to identify that Tracy Jr. is not just a running back and he's also a pass catcher. And so they're just, it just seemed like the the the, the defense was out of sync. I know the one deep ball, uh, I think Green fell. Uh, it was a touchdown. Uh, there was another deep one to the running back who ended up being one-on-one -on -one with the linebacker, number 49. That should never happen. Uh, he did have a little safety help, but it was like, I don't think they thought the running back out of the backfield was going to run a go route where Purdue was like, look, we spread you out. You're going to go, man, we know who's covering our running back. It's your middle linebacker. Let's go. Like, you got to know that. And, that. and that's why that was frustrating to me, like the way that the defense just, I mean, they just gave them their, they, the Purdue had their way with the Gophers. And that's all I could say. Absolutely. And you just brought up how they attacked the, the linebackers on the running back. I feel like we're seeing a lot more attacking of specific areas of the field, especially in the center of the field, the linebackers, the nickel cornerbacks. We're getting picked apart in those areas. And it's not only when we're playing a man, it's also when we're playing a zone. It's, it feels like some players are playing too shallow, maybe too deep at times. But then you add in the injuries of this game. Now, I'm not using that as an excuse because this Gophers team got ran off the field on every aspect, so the injuries weren't the reason you lost this game. But Cody Lindenberg starts the game out super unfortunate, but then you have Maverick Bernowski who stepped into that middle linebacker position for the year when he was out prior, and he's kind of had some some adjustments with that, and he has an understanding of it. He gets knocked out into this matchup, and then you're with a true freshman, Matt Kingsbury, as your middle linebacker, and then all of a sudden we're seeing the Gophers not only struggle with the pass coverage in the middle of the field, but like you said, they were gashing us up the middle of the field with their running backs. Devin Mockaby was running like it, it was the seas were parting, and so it's the injuries definitely piled up, but it's not an excuse, and I do want to ask you a curious thing. I saw some people mention it on Twitter and whatnot. I had mm -hmm. seen it being kind of propped up prior to Cody coming back. But for all the conspiracy theorists out there, do you think the Cody Lindenberg injury holdout could have been to qualify him for a red shirt this season? Or what do you think was happening with that, seeing as he just came off his best game of the season last week? Right. I don't know. Did you tweet that or did Pierre Nugent? So I said that he'll have, he'll have the eligibility, but I wasn't right. saying that that's why they held him. Yeah, no, sure. I saw that tweet. So yeah, so I don't know. I really don't know. I, I honestly, 
um, as an analyst, I guess you want to call it. Uh, well, I am. I do the pregame show. I do the postgame show. Uh, I do the weekly show with PJ Flex. So as an analyst, uh, but also a former player, I don't. I didn't even think about that. Like, I, honestly, all these rules now of like being able to play four games and still redshirt and all like that stuff didn't exist when I played. So some of that stuff to me is foreign. Like I don't even think that through. Um, but but I will say this. Um, now that you say that, I could I could see that. Um, I could see that potentially being the thing like, Hey, you won't, you know, you've already been out X amount of games. Uh, do you really want to play five games this year or should we hold you out and just save it for Wisconsin? Uh, because we think we could be Purdue, maybe save it for Ohio. Cause what it is, is it Ohio state now? And he can play yep. the next two would be fine. Cause that's four games. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we played two and then the next two and the bowl game wouldn't count towards it. Yep. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, look, like Purdue, we don't need you. And that was the thought going into a two and seven Purdue team. Um, I know nobody within the organization will admit that PJ Fleck is never going to admit that everybody's going to, you know, nobody would ever purposefully say they did that. But I do know they say that with younger guys, like with a younger team, the younger freshmen, uh, they always do bring that up. So I don't know, maybe if somebody asks PJ, maybe he will admit that, or maybe it'll just be like, look, uh, we're, we're letting Cody, we eased him back for two games and we want to make sure we don't overwork him because who knows how he felt after those two games, uh, playing football, especially at linebackers, like being in a car crash, people say over and over again. Right. Um, so who knows what his is going through, but I, I could see that. Um, I, I could easily see them trying to hold him out. Um, also maybe it's like, look, we didn't need him. Let's get him fully healthy for an Ohio state and Wisconsin run to go get the ax and maybe, you know, make history, but this is the problem. And this is what football is about. At this point, the way it feels, even if they beat Wisconsin now and go to a bowl game and go six and six, it's still going to feel like a losing season. Even if they beat, now nah, I don't want to say that's preposterous. I was going to say, even if they beat Ohio State, we're not going to. But I get like, where you're going with But if they beat Ohio State, I think the feeling is more like, well, why didn't you beat Purdue, Illinois, and, and Northwestern? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what's so crazy. But you see a Northwestern team that just went out, and I don't know if it's over yet, but they were beating Wisconsin when I checked at half, 24 to th- or in the third quarter, 24 to three. Um, you know, you look at an Iowa team, uh, you know, that, that or sorry, Nebraska team that lost to Maryland. Like, you, mm-hmm. like the Big Ten is just such a weird conference. Um, you look at a Penn State team that almost, you know, like hung with Michigan for most of the game till the end. You just never know. But this Minnesota team, to me, is it's it's just not – the pieces aren't there. I feel like something's missing. I don't know what. I know PJ says he's not going to get better through the portal. Like, that's not his goal. His goal is to see what he can get in the portal. But he wants to build this, you know, team from the ground up and try to create, you know, this youthful team that grows within his program. But the problem with today's NIL football, it's tough. You, I mean, I saw you tweet about the receiver that was a former commit that went to Clemson. Uh, you see Bucky Irving. You know, at Oregon, you see Kai Thomas, like you see, you see all these guys and you just always wonder like, man, if these guys had stayed, what would the Gophers have been? You look at all, I mean, was it 17 guys departed last year? So that's a lot to replace. And so I I just don't know. Like, I'm like, I saw a tweet, a tweet from uh, what the purple persuasion guy's name is Justin. He's like, are you going to finally admit on the show uh, that the Gophers are not a good team? No, because I still think they are a good team. I just think there's, there's integral pieces of the team missing. Yeah, for sure. We're going to keep on that thought. We talked about the defense. We're going to move over to the offense. We're going to talk about this quarterback and the offensive shifts in that second half. That's what's coming up next. 
First, I got to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die, your vehicle, alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They've got superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and so much more. And knowing we are in Minnesota getting ready for the winter, you know you're going to need that one little thing to take your vehicle to the next step. And with over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you'll find exactly what you're looking for at ebay motors and with the ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back because with ebay motors you are burning rubber not cash with all the parts you want at the prices you want all the parts you need at the prices you want definitely check out ebay motors at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and the ebay guaranteed fit is for u.s customers only All right, Ron, we got to talk about the offense because Ethan in the first half, he threw 50%, which still isn't great, but he did have over 200 yards. He had two touchdowns. It seems like the confidence was starting to pick up. There were some drops in there. Chris Iman Bell fell on one, but we ended on a high note with a fantastic grab by Chris Iman Bell. But then once again, we get to the second half and Ethan looks trigger happy. The offensive line can't really buy time all the time. And then the run game is stuffed. In your mind, why are we seeing such a tale of two halves from this offense? I don't know. I've, I've heard a lot of that too lately. Like the first half versus the second half, um, you know, first half stats have been one way. Second half have been another way. I, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I tweeted that I thought it was juice. Like I thought they went to the, into, the, into the half with some juice and then they came out and they were completely drained. I really don't have the answer. I don't know if there's no second half adjustments happening. I don't know if uh, the play calling is just like a, a a reboot of the first half or if they're trying too much different stuff in the second half to like overthink the chess match of like, okay, this worked, this worked. They're not going to fall for this again. Let's try this, this, and this versus just treating it like a video game and, and doing it again and doing it right. again and doing it again until they stop it. And that's what you saw from Purdue. Purdue kept putting the Gophers in situations that they knew was working, and they're like, "Look, until they stop it, let's just keep doing it." I don't, I don't know um, if the Gophers have that in their offense. Every pass sometimes seems like it has to be uh, like an explosive, and then when it's not explosive, it seems like it's it's too much of a like, "Oh, here's it's boomer bust play action. This has got to be the guy wide open because we're we're scheming a play for him." Like, I don't understand the scheming part for the play versus just running plays that have schemes that can beat defensive, you know, so he has to read, Hey, here's a read left. Here's a read, right. Read it. And now beat, beat, beat it with the play. Like it's just, it's not enough levels to the play call or sorry to the route progression. It, it just seems like it's very one dimensional. Like, Hey, I, I have to throw the over. If I don't have the over, I have nothing. Or I have to throw the goal ball. If I don't throw the goal ball, I have nothing. Like it just, it just not seem like there's multiple levels of receivers open where it felt like Purdue had like multiple bodies crossing and coming open and different you know options for the quarterback because you can see it when he would look left look right look back right and then go where Ethan kind of looks and then he's just staring and he's like why is this guy coming open and then he tries to run and it's too late so I don't know I, I really don't know I haven't I have not like the coaches are never going to really uh, open up a vein about it but it just right. seems like something's missing with the like the level of progressions for the routes either that or the the actual progressions, the guys aren't getting open. And so that's the other part of it. And coaches are never going to throw players under the bus. They're never going to say Ethan is reading it wrong. Like we will never really know the truth. You know, we can just speculate and that's what I'm doing. 
For sure. What hurt me the most in this one, I think, is on a third down heading into the goal line, not the last touchdown, but the one prior to that where they ended up settling for a field goal. Uh, we see an all-out blitz coming, and it looks like the, the play call we did choose was mm-hmm. a super long developing route, and yep. Ethan takes a sack right away. I was baffled by that, but what hurt me the most was that you're down 42 to 20 with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I get out. that it's fourth and 20 and you just took a sack, but you're down three scores in the fourth. Why kick the field goal there? Yeah. I, do you have any thoughts on that? Does that irk you having been a player? Does that, when you were a player, if something like that happened, how are you feeling on the field or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, because a field goal and two touch. So, okay, they they were down. What was the score at that point? Twenty to. Uh, we we were down twenty two. So they cut it to nineteen. So it's still three scores. Right. Yeah. See, I don't get that because yeah, if you if you kick a field goal, even if you get two two point conversions, like you still aren't there. Right. Mm-hmm. Sixteen, nineteen. Yeah. Like you only get nineteen points with two more two more touchdowns and two point conversions. So yeah, I don't get that because the, the 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 now you're you're still down three scores kicking a field goal. So the analytics people would say you might as well just go for it. Um, and 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 as far as taking the sack there, even like he's got to know all the routes are in the end zone. This has got to be a conversation of the coaches. It's sped up. You just got to throw it out the back of the end zone. Like soon as it speeds up and you know, like you're not gonna escape that. You're not mm-hmm. Michael Vick. You know, what I mean, you're not Josh Dobbs. You got to just throw the ball out the back of the end zone and that. That just comes down to preparation, and that moment happened, and he wasn't ready for that moment. I think he tried to make a bigger play, and it just wasn't there. For sure. All right, I want to take a positive of this offense. A positive, it might be the only positive for me right now, but that is Daniel Jackson, who continues to shine. Mm -hmm. Now, as a wide receiver yourself, what makes Daniel Jackson so special as a wide receiver? What aspects of his game separate him game in and game out against different defenses? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing you'll see is when it's one-on-one, he's making the big catch. He's making the big play. When he settles in the zone, he catches it. And that's the thing, he catches it. Like the first nine games, you know, um, we didn't see the Brevin we're seeing today where it looked kind of easy for some of the stuff. It looked kind of routine for some of the routes. Even like when he was at tight end, I don't I, uh, I don't remember the exact down and distance and quarter, but I think it was the second quarter. He was in, there was in like a three-by-one Brevin was the tight end. They had two receivers to his right. He releases up, kind of stutters, and runs like a a post, but he runs a deep over almost. And Ethan hits him in stride, catches it, keeps going. In the first nine weeks, that same type of play, and we've seen that, like that third down he dropped, uh, he either one wasn't coming open, didn't feel like the separation was there, or just didn't, didn't feel like he fit in the route combo. And today, he looked great. So when you see that from him, then you also think about Daniel Jackson, who's been there the entire year doing this. And so I think that's the difference is Daniel Jackson is just consistent. He runs really good routes and he catches the ball with his hands. I think that's the other key too. like he he, he ca- and he knows when like body catches are going to happen. Um, and sometimes you have to know when. And, you know, on that last first down, where he got his helmet knocked off. He kind of cradled it, but he knew I got two guys probably barreling down on me. If I go here and they hit me and knock my helmet off, I don't know if I can hold on to the ball versus here he gets it he can stay back get the first down unfortunately helmet came off so he had to come out but that's that's just part of daniel's game where he's 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 making the key catches in big moments um also just smart like it seems like he's never really running the wrong route him and Ethan seem like they're on the same page and i think that's the other key when you get on the same page with the quarterback he's gonna feed you for sure so then i guess my next question for you as we kind of wrap up this offense and then we're going to look forward there are still two more games guaranteed for the gophers so i want to get into that a little bit but 
how in the locker room do you rally after a situation like this? That's three losses to three teams that you have been at the bottom of the conference, and it feels like you had so much there on the plate, so much meat on the bone, but then to feel that defeat three different times on games, you feel like we should have won. How does the locker room respond after something like that? Well, there's the thing, man. Like when it's, it's athletes and people can say whatever they want about the team, people can say whatever they want about, you know, what's going on in the locker room and what they think PJ Flex should be doing. But I, as a player, like I look back on when I played, this happened to us. We lost to Ohio State, which is a good team. My senior year, we lost to Michigan, who were number 12 in the country. Uh, we turned around and lost to Iowa, a good team. Um, but what did we do? We went and beat Wisconsin after that. So, like, that's just – and we. I mean, it was, a, it was a 40 – what, 40? I'm looking it up now. I wouldn't remember this. But 42 to 31, we beat Wisconsin. Because I, when, when, I, I, when you asked that question, I quickly, like, was like, you know what? I've, I've been here before. And we've had that. Like, it, it, it's just one of those things where I've also told people, too, like, we, you know, we, we had Purdue in our schedule that year. That was number 24 in the country. Uh, Illinois was good. Ohio State was good. Michigan State was 12th in the country. Iowa was good. And Wisconsin was good. But when you think about that, like, I don't remember our – the one thing I do remember, so I was a senior. The one message I had as a senior to the guys was, hey, look, man, this is the last time we're going to strap our helmets on for Minnesota. This is the last time we're going to do this. Uh, this is our last season, like – we don't like we don't want to end the, the like end with a bad taste in our mouth with, you know, four to five losses in a row. And so that's kind of how we we put it out there. Like we said um, the biggest thing we want to do. And for some reason, this is weird. Why? Why did this 2001? Oh, OK. I was trying to figure out why Murray State was in the middle of the year because we didn't play non-conference in the middle <laughs> of the year. This was 9-11. So I forgot about that. We had we had to move games around because they canceled them. Uh, during that year because 9-11 had happened because Purdue got pushed to September 29th. So I remember that we were supposed to play Purdue and Murray State, uh, but they they pushed all the games back and we had to reschedule. But anyway, I've <laughs> just had a blast from the past. But like, that's the thing, man. We've been, I've been there. We lost three games and we, we turned around and beat Wisconsin. Um, I, I know the biggest thing was like, let's stick together as a team. Like, don't worry about the outside noise. Um, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. You know, like Ohio State, man, we lost. 28 to 31 so like it's a that's a close game to a really good team which we felt like we could beat and this was on prime time i didn't realize that either it was you know of course it was ohio state so we got the 7 p.m game um but i remember the year before 2000 people we beat ohio state at ohio state so in our minds when ohio state came to minnesota we're like okay we don't care like you guys you guys were number six in the country last year we beat y'all so now what keep coming again top 25 so we had that mindset, but at the same time, like we lost 28 to 31. And then we turned around and lost to Michigan, number 12 in the cut. You know, like we had to play Ohio State, Michigan back to back. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> they did you like, no favors, no favors, no there. favors. But again, we lost three games and we turned around and beat Wisconsin. So that, that's just one of those things, man. Like, as players, they're, they're not thinking about all the crap everybody's putting on Twitter. But I, I will mm -hmm. say, I didn't have to deal with this in college. Yep. That's the best thing that could ever happen to me because I don't know what people would have said after losing three straight games, you know, especially losing the pig. And then we, but then we did go get the ax. Um, you know, that's, it, it, it's just one of those things, man. Like I, I just really don't have an answer for it, but I do know PJ teaches these guys to deal with the issues, put that vest on. And then when it's time to put that armor back on, put it back on and let's move on. Like they're going to, they're going to cut a vein open. They're going to talk to each other. They're going to talk about this ass kicking and what happened and blah, blah. And then, they're going to move on, man, because that's what you have to do as an athlete. The great athletes have short memories. The ones exactly. that, that that sit and worry about the last pitch or the last throw or the last touchdown or the last loss, 
they're stuck in the past and they're doomed to repeat it. Like you have to move on. And as players, that's what they're going to do. For sure. All right, we're going to wrap this one talking about these next couple games. We've got two guaranteed. Can this team get to a bowl game? We're going to jump into those thoughts and a couple questions from the, the listeners, the live listeners as well. We're coming with that next. First, we got to talk to you about our friends over at Jace Medical because we spend a lot of time talking to you on this podcast, on, on the Ron Johnson show, on the Lockdown Golden Gophers. And you know what? We get fired up about wins together. We vent out the losses together. We talk about who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection. And today, I want our, our chat to be a little bit more personal. Now, you can get your one-year supply of medications to take care of yourself, whether that be ED medications, whether that be antibiotics you name it. They got it for you over at Jay's case. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can fill your prescriptions in a devastating scenario. In the next polar vortex or the next earthquake that happens, you can take care of it all over at jacemedical.com to receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. But a, ver a verified Jace customer said they were thankful for the service because supply chain issues caused them to cut pills in half and they didn't and they had to have those pills and they ordered their most recent daily meds a year supply and an antibiotic kit as well and they feel secure prices are even lower than local pharmacies so now's your time to check it out so if you or someone you love would like to get that peace of mind then head on over to jacemedical.com again that's j-a-s-e medical.com and use promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase All right, Ron. So I gotta I gotta rip the bandit off right away. Mm -hmm. We lost this game that we thought we were gonna win. We lost the Illinois game that we thought we were gonna win. We still haven't got bowl eligibility. Can this Gophers team get to a bowl game? Yeah, it's got to go through Wisconsin though. Um, Ohio State. I mean, again, players are we 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 were told a lot of teams we couldn't beat. Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State in 2019. Uh, we've been there. We we've played top ranked teams. Uh, I think Ohio State is ranked what number one, right? Are yeah, they one the now? DMP. So, you know, the Gophers have a chance to, you know, rewrite history. I'm pretty sure ESPN is going to be showing the time Minnesota traveled there and beat them, which I can't wait because it always makes me <laughs> relevant again. Uh, <laughs> I love the relevancy, uh, you know, just like Penn State when the Gophers beat them, they showed a ton of our games. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's always fun when they re relive those games because I forget about that. But at the end of the day, um, it's coming down to that Wisconsin game. I think that's what everybody's putting their money on. Uh, can they beat Wisconsin? When you see Wisconsin right now, it's all about Braylon Allen. Like if he does not play, cause he didn't play again and they lost, or I'm guessing they lost. Um, and the fact that I don't know if his thing is injury or his thing is like, I want to be completely healthy for the NFL drive. Cause I'm not coming back. Um, there's a lot to unpack there with the Badgers, but I think I think they can because it feels like Braylon Allen has, has like put it away. It feels like he's now saying, you know what, we have no shot at going to the because because Iowa, I'm guessing, beat Rutgers. Um, I know it was close. It was like 12 to nothing. But the fact that Iowa looks like they're pretty much, yeah, 22 nothing, Iowa beat Rutgers. So at eight and two. Uh, was that four and two, I think, or whatever in the conference? It looks like Iowa probably has it locked up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think Wisconsin, like Braylon Allen, I think he's gonna just go ahead and pack it up. So I think they can beat him because, like, he he's the big part of that run game. I think their quarterback was out too. 
Um, so like this Wisconsin team is beatable. So yes, I think they can get to six and six. I just don't know if, if, if that's a victory. I mean, it is because you win a game, winning football games is not easy. So you take them. I've been there. Um, but from a big pitcher's perspective, it, it burns a little bit. For sure. And I think you, you have a little bit of a caveat at the end of the year because you have Wisconsin. So if you win that game, not only are you bowl eligible, but you keep the ax here for three straight years. And that's a little bit of a positive on the season, but it, it's hard to look at the positives after some of these just gut punches in the loss column. So it's really hard to deal with. But we have Ohio State first. Looking at what this defense just did, giving up 604 yards to the mm-hmm. Purdue Boilermakers, two and seven wins. I mean, is this going to be a game to even turn on? Is Maserati Marv going to be out here for 300 yards setting his Heisman Trophy game? Or I guess what is happening? How can the Gophers find a little bit of redemption or make it respectable against an Ohio State team? Uh, well, I'm personally going to be tuning in because one, like I said, like it's going to be some reliving of memories. <laughs> um, I would hope that um, I don't know who's going to I don't know who's even broadcasting it. Have they even said I know it's still to be determined uh, right now? It doesn't have a game time or a network. It looks like mm-hmm. um, it says Ohio State, Minnesota kickoff time to be announced. Uh, so that just. So it says an hour ago. Oh, announced. So maybe they did announce it and it hasn't officially been said. Uh, but but it looks like Saturday was Michigan State, Ohio State. Da, da, da. Yeah, they still haven't announced it. Gophers, Big Ten announced Saturday afternoon. This game will be 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. While it isn't a night game, these two teams are playing under the lights mid-November. So I'm guessing is that big is that the is that what they're saying? Ohio State, Minnesota, 4 p.m. I'm confused at this article. Anyway. <laughs> uh if, if they haven't because it's still to be determined but when you look at it yes it is worth tuning in uh marvin harrison jr for one and also just to see if the govers can be competitive like right. can they change the narrative and turn the lights on and say you know what we're still a competitive team we know we didn't do it in some of the games you thought we should have but here's our product because recruits are watching uh kids that want to come here like this like just because this season ends these coaches still have careers and jobs and lives these players still want to make it to the nfl so on and so forth so yes like i'm for sure gonna be tuning in i think the fans should as well for sure and even with that hopefully you can maybe catch ohio state sleepwalking looking for michigan a little bit maybe capitalize on kyle mccord who has been turning the ball over every so often so we'll see what happens definitely going to want to tune in there but I'll, i'll jump into some of these listener questions you probably can guess as well as i could have before reading these a lot of people are asking about coach's job and things like that but one person with that tied in says if this team goes five and seven what does that what does that do for this coaching staff? Would there have to be changes? Maybe not at the head coaching position, maybe at different positions. What do you think happens if this team were to go five and seven? Uh, I would say, yes, there has to be some kind of change. Now, I don't know if it's like I think Joe Rossi is good. Um, I, I feel like ever since Kirk Shiraka has been playing like musical chairs with PJ Fleck, the offense hasn't been consistent or the same. Um, we haven't had that. And, and again, maybe it was Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, but we haven't had that same feeling since. And so I think that's going to be the key is I know PJ is a big internal guy. I know he's a big uh, not letting too many new voices come in and, and because of what he's already created and built in the in the culture he wants to have. Like, it's tough to know some new guys and if they'll take to your culture. But I think when you look at building a team and building an offense and looking at job security long term, um, it, it could be a possibility of finding a guy. And again, not, not saying Greg Harbo can't still be here, 
but maybe there needs to be one voice because the fact that you have co i've always felt like if you have co anything co like a run game coordinator pass game coordinator, you don't have a, a like a voice you don't have mm-hmm. one person you don't have a true offense or a true identity uh because you have two people pulling at it uh but yeah that that's just what, what i'm thinking i For think sure. well, a small change in offense and that's it looks like, yeah, it looks like Ohio State, Minnesota set for 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. So, yeah, gotcha. it looks like it's going to be 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. So I will be tuning in. All right. So that's the next game for the Gophers, 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Minnesota takes on Ohio State in Columbus. And then the Gophers will be back at home to take on the Badgers for the Axe, hopefully keeping it here for the third straight year. We will have a postcast for you, as always, after each one of those games. Definitely follow Ron Johnson on X or Twitter, or whatever we're calling it these days, <laughs> at 3RonJohnson. And you can find me at Gophers Kane Rob. We will always continue with the content. I know Ron's got the Vikings game this weekend and he'll have you covered there as well. We will see you next time. The Gophers drop a hard one, 49-30 against the Purdue Boilermakers. Until next time, this is Kane Robb and Ron Johnson signing off. I'm hoping I can use my cigar one of these next two weeks. i got to be able to do it. i got to be able to light it one of these two weeks.